0: welcome to the thought leader podcast i'm dr ken and i'm randy baker and on the thought leader podcast we search the world for interesting and fascinating and sometimes remarkably smart guests who are going to challenge the way you think they're going to inform you of things that you may not have thought about, and they're going to ignite your imagination as we discuss all sorts of topics. All right. Without further ado.
1: Good to talk with you, Lisa. I love the fish swimming around your head. If folks are listening in and they can't see, um, there is a beautiful fish tank, fake one, but it, it feels real. And actually, you know what? The real answer is it is real because we're on Zoom. So theoretically, even if it was a real fish tank, it would still be on TV. So, That's right. So nice to talk with you. And we'd love to hear more about uh, Lisa. What's, what's your world? What, what do you do?
2: You know, my world is, is crazy. Uh, just give you a little backstory. So I'm from Canada, and I'm sure my accent every now and then and the odd hey is gonna pop in there and, and give me away. And But I'm from Canada, born and raised in a small town in Saskatchewan to entrepreneurial parents. My father was an RCMP who decided in the 70s to actually buy a farm, which never happened in the 70s and never farmed a day in his life. And so I was born and raised on hard work great ethics and the entrepreneurial spirit and so uh, I'm wanting to be a cop actually and so I did go into law enforcement and I was a cop for all of uh, six weeks and eight months or eight months and six weeks I guess I worked in the for the city of St. Albert in their sex crimes and realized that that was not a place that I wanted to be and so I went back to school and got my psychology and I was eight I guess eight credits shy of getting my degree when I decided I had gotten my first job as a private investigator and uh, got hooked and never completed my degree, did about six weeks working for somebody else and said, I'm doing this on my own. These guys own got to figure it figured out, right? And I've never looked back and I've been in the entrepreneurial world ever since, exited my first private investigation company and built other businesses From there, and fast forward to today, talking to both you, Randy, and Kent.
0: Right. So I'm looking, Lisa. I I have a very. This is a very serious question. Don't laugh. Okay. So I'm looking at your website, and you've got this amazing cursor, which is a club chair. Yes. Tell me about the club chair and why you chose that to be the cursor on your website.
2: Well, I'll tell you why. In the past, probably since about 2015, I have had the extreme pleasure of working with some amazing thought leaders, people like Tom Hopkins, sales legend, Patricia Fripp, you know, presentation speech coach, Grant Cardone. And while I worked in the backside of their businesses, really understanding operation and how thought leaders really work and think and so forth, I started thinking about the red chair philosophy and there's so much you guys know now there's so many people out there who claim to be experts who claim to be gurus who are so full of so i thought you know what we need a hot seat a red chair and so that became the thought process behind this red chair and it's just become my signature. And, you know, I'm in the clubhouse lots and I sit in my red chair and have great conversations, build relationship capital and really wonder, are you true to who you are? Or are you full of? That's I like
1: that. You, what I think is interesting is you, you leave a good bit of space there in music. They call that a gate. It's like yep. in, in club music. <laughs> I like it. I most people that do like a, you know, a load of, <laughs> or like a, you know, but you've just got a really nice silence there. Just had to butt in with that.
2: Yeah. You know, my my dear mentor, Miss Patricia Fripp, always says, leave a gap in the story, wanting people to know, to know more.
1: She's great. Yeah. And so if, if we dive all the way back, yeah, when you were, I don't know, five, six, seven years old, you were wanting to be a cop. You were wanting mm-hmm. to why you wanted to help people what's the thing
2: you know uh, ever since i can remember, you know some people like i have twin daughters they're 15 turning 16 and 20 day 19 days and you know they have so much available to them now right on who do they want to be when i grew up and i grew up you know five and six i was in the 70s and you know you were either going to be a doctor a lawyer, a nurse, a secretary, like there was very, like there was not an abundance of career choices. There was very limited in, in what you wanted to be. But I always wanted to be a cop. And I don't know if it was because, you know, I remember seeing my dad at a very young age as a Royal Canadian Mount Police in his red serge and his hat. And that just had a profound impact on me. But I've always been a people person.
1: So the red, the red suit, Yeah, the red chair. What what is there about red? Are you red is your thing?
2: Power, authority, Mm -hmm. um, excitement. You know, we all love the color red. Uh, And so, anyways, as a kid, I just knew that that's what I wanted to be. And throughout my entire, you know, young childhood, there was no, you know, it. I'm going to be a cop, and that's it. I'm gonna help people, I'm gonna make a difference in the world, I'm gonna change people's lives for the better, and I'm gonna use structure and the law to do it.
1: And so how did you you ended up backing away from police? So my 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 yeah. father is a child abuse expert. So he's now finally retired at what what is he now, 76? Yeah. But, but dealt with child abuse victims unbelievably horrific to even think Uh, about is that is that why you backed away from that or what what was
2: yeah I think it Eddie well two things one I knew you know that would have been in the early 90s women in policing there was not a lot of women so in in the sex crimes division there was one woman one detective and about 25 men and I knew that it was going to be an uphill battle to create impact and change. And if I wanted to move fast and remember, entrepreneurial spirit confined to very strict structure, red tape. I knew that if I wanted to really make impact and have change and make money, that I had to be an entrepreneur to do that. And that's why, truly why I left.
1: So the red surge suit, the red tape, the red chair.
2: <laughs> you know, Kent, I've never thought of it that way, but thank you for making those, the, you know, connecting the dots. <laughs> Love that.
0: So let me, you shared with us that you had twin, almost 16-year-old daughters.
2: Yeah, that's right.
0: So they, they have a mother who was a cop, had an investigation company, is now doing this sort of thought leadership coaching, which is kind of investigative as well.
2: Oh, 100%.
0: What what are what are you expecting your influence on them to be? How how is your background going to influence them? At 16, they're starting to make decisions about their lives.
2: Yep. So my goal for my children and they'll laugh because we, you know, oh do we you know, they'll say, not another piece of advice, Mom. Everything is a teaching and learning moment in this house. It drives them absolutely crazy. But I really want them to become an eligible receiver of life, of opportunity. In other words, I want them to really be the person who will attract opportunities, And when they are an eligible receiver, then the sky is the limit. I don't want them to live up to their potential. I want them to surpass their potential. And today's day, I mean, there's just ample opportunity. It's just what door are you going to open next? And so, really questioning, using intelligently curious questions to ask, you know, why not, why, like, and never having this limited belief, you know. I, and as a young girl, I mean, my parents were amazing. Like, I do not have the sad story, right? Like, you know, grew up poor, grew, you know, I just don't, that isn't my story. I had amazing parents who are still alive today that. Always, always gave me the gift of opportunity. And I just want to extend that to my children. The opportunities look different now than they did before, right? It's a different world. So I hope that kind of answered your question, it, it, Randy. Yeah, it's,
0: and it, it's interesting because all I could think of while you were talking was preachers' kids. So now let, yeah. me, let me explain this one. Um, okay. Preachers' kids, when they reach that 16 years of age, often rebel because they've heard all their life yeah. this thing yeah. do you have any fear that your kids are going to rebel because what i just heard you talk about was what you do now which is fantastic to hope for that for your children but do you yeah. have any fears that your kids are going to rebel because they've heard it so much
2: no and i tell you why because we've allowed them the freedom and the flexibility to make their own mistakes mm-hmm. And I think that's the difference, you know, and they've made mistakes along the way. They've made some big ones. They've made some small ones. Um, Nothing detrimental and life-threatening, of course, because they're 16. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: But they've always known that regardless of what happens, whatever mistake they make, They need to tell the truth about it and that we, my husband and I will never get mad and will deal with the consequences accordingly, but they have to have the flexibility to make the mistakes. In a preacher's, now I'm not a preacher and I don't have a friend who, anybody has a preacher, but I can only imagine that perhaps there is the confinement of lack of flexibility. And maybe in some cases and maybe not, that is why They go off the rails, but I don't know that. And I'm not an expert. So that would be only my humble opinion. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Cool. So if if we went to the, um, the people who gave you sermons growing up, the, your parents, how would they describe your craziness, your quirkiness, your secret hidden talents, your spider skills?
2: (laughs) Well, Uh, That's a really good question, Kent. because my parents often get asked, what does Lisa do? Because with social media now, right? And I don't think they really can totally explain today what I do. But I do know one thing. They support whatever I do. The f fi- I mean, I've done more wrong than I've done right in business. And I and I think, you know, anybody who's really had any kind of success, and I don't mean success as in dollar sense. I mean in success and creating impact and change in people's lives. We've all made mistakes. Randy, you've made mistakes, I'm sure Kent as well, yeah. right? So
0: um, yeah.
2: <laughs> not yeah, me. Yeah. But you know, it's interesting because everybody says, oh, you know, I'm afraid of the failure and the failure is a learning opportunity. But I actually would like to pivot that just slightly. I like to think of it as a discovery opportunity, not a learning opportunity, because learning implies that we have to do something. Discovery is about what's exciting and the happening in that experience, right? And so I always say it's always about the discovery of the fail, not really the learn of the fail.
1: So how do you explain it to your parents what you do?
2: I tell them I make impact on people's lives and I take them from where they want are today to where they want to go, and I've got multiple tools in my tool chest that does that, and that's literally simplistic. They let you get. get.
1: They let you get away with that. They do. No, no. Okay.
2: Well, that's great.
1: That's, that's really. And then sweet. I
2: tell them, and if you don't really understand, I wrote this article, or I, you know, and then they'll read makes sense. and. And that, that will give them some more insights.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. So if, you know, if we go with a red theme, let's say, let's talk about a red coffin or a red hearse, like with some velvet inside it, life ends at some point. Uh, You've got a couple amazing daughters, you've got your, your partner, but what is, what's the big thing that's going to happen between now and that next red velvet experience?
2: You know, that is a really, you know, nobody has ever asked me that in that way. Number one, I got a book coming out. And so I hope that my book is my legacy to my children. I hope that they will become eligible receivers and carry on the generational legacy of always being the person who will attract the attention that you want and never miss an opportunity. And I hope that when I'm at my funeral, that everybody has a good glass of whiskey and celebrates life and everything that can happen afterwards. That's all I can pray for. And I've stumped you gentlemen.
0: (laughs) No, I was thinking about the whiskey. Sorry.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And hopefully it's a little Pappy Van Winkle, but that's a little hard to find. So... Mm.
0: Okay, so your book, tell me about your book really quickly because we're running out of time, but I'd like to know in uh, in like six words what your book, how your book is going to change people, so not what it's, it's about.
2: about. Yeah, it's about, so the book's title is called Intelligent Curiosity, and it's truly the art of finding more in life and in business and with your children and how the successful think and act And I've written it with the legend, sales expert, motivational speaker, Jim Cathcart. And we've just poured into, you know, this is a business book and truly our experiences and and how can you truly be an eligible receiver of life by looking on the edges for more.
1: What's the next platform this will build for you? So Jim's a wonderful, wonderful man. I, I know a lot of people who know him well and mm-hmm. uh, love him. Yeah. So what, what does this build for you, especially as you're looking towards, you know, your legacy in, in your children? But what, is, what platform does the book give you? Are you, are you going to speak more? Or are you What's the goal?
2: Yeah. So uh, Jim and I had a conversation about this just the other day, actually. And so will I speak more? Yes, I hope to speak more on the topic of intelligent curiosity and and the art of finding more and being distinctively unforgettable. I'm not really sure. You know, it was a bucket list. So what does it do for me in the future? I don't know, but I'm excited to find out. Uh, I speak already and praying that COVID opens up a little bit more. I'm supposed to be in Nashville in September at the Monster Nation uh, with coach Michael Burt and we'll be speaking there just talking about relationship capital and how to build real a powerful network because I think right now with COVID one of the things that is really for me has come to light is that you can give up all your money But your network is really, truly who you can fall back on when you need to pivot and adapt and, you know, recreate yourself. So many people are recreating yourself, especially in the influencer world, in the thought leadership world, especially those who were public speaking and all of a sudden their businesses were absolutely crushed by COVID, right? And so I don't know what it'll bring, but I'm looking forward to the next step. That's for sure.
0: Interesting. That's that's the next step, always the next step. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, always
2: forward, right?
0: So, Lisa, we're coming towards the end of our time together. I have two questions. Okay. The first one is uh, you've spoken about reputation capital a couple of times during this conversation. So my question about that is why do so many people not capitalize on their reputation as much as they could? And the second question is, how can our listeners find you if they find if they okay. want to connect with you?
2: I'm gonna answer the first because that is like so near and dear to my heart. So why do people not capitalize on their relationship? Capital takes a lot of work to build real relationships long-term. And it's always about the other person. It's never about you. And I think people fail. Like, I don't know how many times I've been in a, in a conversation, a brand new discovery conversation. And I just want to know about them. I just really want to know who they are. Why are they the way they are? You know, how are they the way they are? Mm -hmm. And it's they're always selling, right? People think about themselves first. And what can I get out of the relationship first? And true relationships, true relationship capital, when your wallet is abundant, is about them and not about you. And that takes work and discipline and a hell of a lot of (laughs) follow-up.
0: Yeah. And where can we find you?
2: So you can find me at lisapatrick.ca and all my handles are there. Or, you know, join me in the clubhouse under Lisa Patrick. Like, I love clubhouse. Randy, Kent, let's have a room. Let's have a conversation. Let's inspire people to be great and become the person who will attract more opportunity.
0: Awesome.
1: So nice to talk to you. Um, Really uh, inspiring. And there's no doubt that that your daughters have a lot to
0: look up to as they turn 16. Oh, thank 16. you.
2: Truly, thank yeah. you. I appreciate that.
0: Uh, if they follow in your footsteps, they, they're going to do extraordinarily well. So congratulations thank you. on that.
2: Appreciate that very much. Thanks, Randy. Thanks, Kent. And, you know, thank you for the opportunity to be on, on your podcast today. I mean, uh, I'm humbled and grateful, truly. And uh, when Coffee with Lisa fires back up, I have a podcast as uh in the fall of season four i'd love to have you gentlemen on as my guests
0: that'd be
1: awesome so thank you thank you looking forward to that i like coffee and and now i like you so (laughs) sounds good (laughs) take care
2: take care thank you
0: this has been such a wonderful conversation today It was surprising. It was intriguing. It was interesting. And this is just an example of the types of guests that we have on the Thought Leader podcast. And we would love you to subscribe so you get to hear the next issue. Or you can visit our our website. Our website is thoughtpartnergroup.com. And at the top, you'll see a little button that says, take the assessment. In one minute, you can take the assessment and get a response from us. We'll read everyone.
1: All right. Take care. Have a good life. And we'll see you on the next one. (music) Thank <music> you.